that's where we'll be. Um, it should be this nice crater picture, doesn't it? So that's, this is a place we're going to go today. We're going to continue our uh, sermon series in First John. Uh, big points just to go. We're going to talk about light, darkness, lies, truth, um, filth, being washed in Jesus' blood. So that's the sermon in the short form. This is a message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light and there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not. Now, John, he, uh, he continues his, uh, his letter, his sermon, his address to these people that he loves. And he uh, continues from last time with saying, this is not stuff I have made up myself. This is what Jesus has taught us about God. And so we want to proclaim, we talked about last time, that was a great joy in proclaiming who Jesus was and sharing that, that joy may be complete for John and the people with him. So he starts the teaching with saying that God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. And so when I started, uh, when I started studying, um, this is so big. Like, just what is light like? And what is light when it pertains to God is? And I was reading article and article and article. It's really, really interesting. Like, it's very interesting. And shows all these things about who God is. One, one person, and I should have had the quote, but I didn't take it down, but 
Once one one person described it that God is light, and everything else comes from that light because nothing else can exist without it. I said, "Wow, that is very profound." And so then then I did I did have to like I didn't have many I didn't have many years to study this so I had to narrow it narrow it down and like okay but what is the what is the words that he used what form of light does he talk about because I was like if you go through the whole whole bible there's so many uses of 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 light so okay so I had to go what what is the words um but before we go, I think we should listen to this one. That's the word, light. And so it's a visible light. Um, light, light. <laughs> and then, but it also, in a metaphor, it also describes, like, um, order, truth. Um, so when we see these things used, as, as John uses light here, we know it's more than just... It li- it's light outside. It has, it's got more to it than that. Um, so we'll look at that a little bit more. Um, and so I was, uh, I was just reflecting about this. He, he's trying to, in a more poetic way, trying to s- describe that God is complete. He is essence. He is completely holy. He is the one that gives life. He is truth. He is righteous. Completeness, there is no sin. The one that brings salvation, creation, the one that enables us to see. If there's no light, we cannot see. He's the one that brings illumination and understanding. He's faithful, completely faithful, with no fault or sin. God's like that, and there's no darkness in him. I remember the first time, I, I, I hadn't thought about this at all, but I remember the first time, it, it, it's, 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 it's in James, he describes it a little bit, almost similar, but a little bit different. And so James and John have been with Jesus. The interesting part is, this is not big in the Gospels, but both of these pick this up. So this is something Jesus has been talking about. And James is like, there's no shadow do change in God. He's always who he is. And there's no sin in him. There's no darkness in him. It means he is not unholy and he is not chaos. Darkness and death is used sometimes as chaos in the Bible. But darkness can also mean There it is. That's kind of the same things I was saying. He's a fountain of wisdom, purity, beauty, joy, glory, and all material life and growth depends on light. And spiritual life, growth depends on God. The true light.
And then if we remember back to, to this, to when we went through John, Jesus was saying, no, not John, Matthew. He was saying, I'm the light, and now you have to be the light. So that's also good to think about what that means. But then also, the, so the con contrast is light and darkness. So then what, what is uh, darkness? <coughs> I thought this was very interesting. Because darkness is not just darkness. It's used for uh, spiritual darkness as well. Even death. Um, I found this one very helpful. It's often used to people that are blind to the gospel. Or they're under the power of sin and evil. Um, and it's used for wicked people that are cast into eternal punishment. It's a place of darkness and hell. So we have God that's light. Everything where everything good comes from. And then we have the opposing chaos, sin, Jews for darkness. Now the now there was kids' church today, so I didn't I didn't develop my idea. But I think I've asked you, I've asked you guys, but let's see if how many of you are honest. How many has been afraid of the dark at some point in their life? See, this is very interesting, huh? And I think it actually proves the point. That the, the opposite of God is something that we are afraid of. It's something that's uncertain. We don't know what lures there. And we can tell our kids all the time, there's nothing there, it's fine. But man, like, it takes like, sometimes when I go down here at night, I'm like, I'm praying. Not because it's dark, but just it's just sometimes there's weird people around. But it was actually, I'm being honest, this is not in the manuscript, but I was like, I was like, I'm in the church, like I should be fine. But I was like, what is, like, what's going to happen? Like somebody might, like, okay, let's get back on track. But there's just like, there's <laughs> this God that we worship because he's perfect and he's, this is a symbol of light. And then all the other things that are opposite, are chaotic, evil things, they're described as darkness. We see it in the Old Testament. I mean, I'm just, just a little bit. We see it in the Old Testament. We see the glory of God. That's also light. He lives, he lives in, in the New Testament itself. God lives in unapproachable light. But John is writing. He's writing to the, the people he loves. He's writing to the believers. He's writing. So why would he even have to talk about these things? Why, why would he have to tell them that God is light and, and, and that this part? Because Karim was saying, because like, this is the same word, koinonia. If we say we have koinonia, we have fellowship, deep fellowship with God and one another, but, but we walk in unrepentant, uh, sin, like we walk in chaos and sin, we are affected by evil, unable to see the gospel. But we say we have fellowship with God. 
Well, then we lie. And we're not practicing the truth. So that's why we also have to deal with these things because John's talking to the people he loves, the believers, the ones that say they have fellowship with God. Now, I, I forgot this part, but what we always, what we try to do in the music, in the giving, in the testimony is that we would like to show one another how beautiful and awesome God is, how glorious, how glorious he is. And also John's trying to paint the same picture to his followers, that if we would see how beautiful God is, how amazing God is, we won't change other things, and we will be so changed by, by God that he will help us to live out Jesus' teaching instead of making up our own and being darkness and being deceived. Because, because people can say all sorts of things about God, they can say all sorts of things about God over here, like God's evil, he's bad, he's all these things, or, he's, or, we, or we can pretend, or the people can pretend, and they can say, I'm a, I'm a believer. But we look, and they're like, but you say you're a believer and have fellowship with God, but it looks like more like you're influenced by evil. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm born in Denmark. <laughs> Let me make you a Christian. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, He's like this, and this, and, the, and the description is something totally different than than the, than the description John has. A person will say, "Yeah, I have a I have a in close intimate relations. I have a close intimate relationship with God and other believers, but but my life shows something totally different." I think that John's going after people who are saying something in the fellowships, but they're not living it out. And he's saying, you guys are lying. You say you have something, but your life proves that you don't. You don't walk according to the truth of God, but you walk in darkness. And you don't live out in the truth of God. Because if we're not walking out what we're saying, it's like in the English, it's like walk the talk. If we're not living out what we believe, and if we're not living out that God is light, it doesn't matter what we say. It's not enough to verbally just say something. Our faith and trust in Jesus, we have to live it out. 
We lie to others. We lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves. And we are like blind people. The scary part of that verse that, that Satu put up there from Matthew is that people, along with the Pharisees, say, we can see. And Jesus is saying, you cannot see. So people will believe they're walking in light. But they're really in darkness. So what great darkness is that? Thick darkness when we think that darkness is light. I think we have To claim to do so is to lie. The verb walk is commonly used, used to refer to one's lifestyle. John is saying that an individual act of sin puts the lie to claim to know God. But it's a lifestyle characterized by ongoing, unrepentant sins proves one is not converted. So we're going to talk about two things. The one is that people claiming to be believers and they're not, and all people claiming to believers who have no sin. John's going to correct them both. He says, you're not perfect, but if you claim to know the truth and you have a lifestyle of unrepentant sin you are walking in darkness but the great news is we don't have to walk in darkness and that's why he's writing the letter he's writing the letter to correct these people who have misunderstanded who God is and who Jesus is and now he comes with the good news and he tells them but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of, Christ, of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we can actually walk in light. In all the things, things mentioned above about who God is. Have a right understanding of who God is. And the right understanding of who Jesus Christ is and what the gospel is. Not the good news is not that we were perfect, but that Jesus was and is. And then the opposite of what the slide says, as we walk in light of who God is and what Jesus has done, We show we have fellowship with God. Not, not that we did everything perfect, but instead that the good news for us was that although we were very filthy and dirty, 
Jesus came and washed us clean in his, in his blood. And just like, it's, uh, what is it called? It's well with my soul. Not in, not my sin in part, but the whole. I was like, oh, it's all of my sin that the blood of Christ can cleanse me from. Not just like those things. No, no, all of it. That's why we can walk into life and be with God and have fellowship with him because as, as that is shown, we show that we have understood and that we are washed by Jesus' blood to take away all of our sin. Therefore, we don't walk in darkness. That darkness doesn't even have the same pull anymore because we want to be with And that's because of, like, what Jesus did. Like, that's the only way we can be with God. That is, he lived, he died, he, sh- he shed his blood, was really dead, and then he rose again. That's why the blood of Jesus can cleanse us. From how much sin? All of it. I was thinking, I was, I was like, how can I make this like, this one even for myself? It's like, we try to, you know, sp- we spill on our clothes, we do other things. So I was thinking about, like, or when I'm filthy, you know, I take a shower. When my family says I stink, I take a shower. So being cleansed, we are washing something away. Maybe it's a washing machine washing machine or stain remover that cleans all of the things. Now with us, it's like, it's all a sin we've done and will do. That stains us and causes us to be separated from God. But how the good news here is like, don't walk in darkness, come to God. Jesus can cleanse you from all your sin. author of Hebrews reminds us that the blood of the sacrifices was never going to cleanse us. No. It was just a shadow of one true sacrifice. Jesus that shed his blood that could cleanse us. That was the only true sacrifice that could be that could cleanse us from all sin. So therefore, today we cannot do good works to be forgiven or to win favor with God or to win God over to love us or no religious works or deeds are worth nothing to make God love us or come on to our side or to cleanse us from sin. No, only By the blood of Jesus, can we be cleansed 
person and be accepted not by doing but because of what Jesus has done. Have you received that? Do you rejoice in that? Holiness creates fellowship. Jesus' blood cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light has two consequences. First mentions we have fellowship with one another of believers and apostolic witness. We might not miss how John says holiness holiness produces fellowship. This is good. This is a warning here. Legalism and casual acceptance of sin will kill fellowship. But true holiness unites us with fellow believers. The second consequence is that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Does not mean that our holy behavior earns such cleansing. Rather, walking in the light shows that we are among those who have been cleansed. I just, I really appreciate that as a commentary, because only only true fellowship by believers trusting in the cleansed blood of Jesus would produce fellowship with God and one another, and a place where we confess sin and repent of sin and walk in light. Not legalism and acceptance sin. None of that stuff. Because that's over with. That's like, I'll put on a face. I'll obey the rules and God will love me. I will accept sin because I'm very tolerant and diverse. No. Because that's going to destroy fellowship. I'll repent of my sin. I'll believe that Jesus has covered me in his blood. And I will confess when I fail, and I will trust in Jesus. And that would create, continue walking in the light. We can be cleansed of all of our sin in Jesus. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So you see there's two different things. There's the one claiming to walk in light when they're in the darkness, and then there's like, no, 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 we're not like those guys. I am complete. I have no sin. And John is going at both. He's like, no, you're wrong, and you're also wrong. Because um, this is what John's saying, like, you have sin. The good news is that Jesus can cleanse us from it. But if we don't believe we have sin, we have deceived ourselves. That's like lying to ourselves. Like one guy said, who has, 
who has disappointed or lied most to you? It's probably you. We can even deceive ourselves. And we, get, and we become liars. Because the truth are not in us. We have fallen into darkness if we say we have no sin. Because you know what? If we say we have no sin, you don't come to God. You don't hold on to Jesus for cleansing a sin. You would say, like, I'm, I don't need Jesus. I don't sin. Yeah, Jesus, you died one time, you know. No, I don't have any. I never sin again. Like, mm, mm, no, don't say you're deceived. Even you can say heroes of faith or really, really mature people seem to be way more aware of tiny, tiny sins in their lives at the end of their lives because they've been made more and more into the image of Jesus. So when people say, I have no sin, they're probably blind. And they're probably not growing in holiness and wanting to be even more like So it's a sad state because we don't come to God. We just trust in ourselves. So that would be like legalism and religious people today. People that are blind, people that found salvation in something else than Jesus. So outside of the churches is probably fame, riches. Some even find it in poverty, influence, money. Well, the known mantra you hear today you know what? I'm really a good person. I don't need a savior. And then Zen people would admit they're not perfect, so there seems to be some blindness there. And then the classic example, well, I'm not really that bad because I'm not like Hitler. It's always the example. <laughs> like, I'm not like Hitler. No, I'm sorry. Okay, you didn't kill millions of people. That doesn't mean you don't have sin. And you might have misunderstood how God is like. Now, if we should look at ourselves a little bit, where is it that we can be most deceived is probably our own sin because it's so easy to see everybody else's, right? You might also excuse it with being character faults. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just this way. Or, no, no, it's not, a sin, it's not really sin. It's just something I struggle with. Well, I mean, that's justified. It, it, I mean, that was okay. The, per, the other person was really, not, was really a jerk. So what I did was probably, you know, maybe not totally right, but I mean, I think it was okay in the situation. When we do that, I do think we start lying to ourselves. 
and deceive ourselves and find that we will be speaking lies to justify our behavior. Sometimes we do it unmeaningly, I think. To boost people's self-esteem. And we say it to friends and family and and friends, uh, friends and kids. Oh, but you are a good person. But what, what do we have to clarify what that means? Because we, if we tell them that they're so good they don't need Jesus, then we have deceived them. And we deceive ourselves. Because we all need Jesus. That was the only way to be cleansed. And then we show we reject Jesus' blood when we say that we have not sinned. And we make God a liar. What do we do when we're confronted with sin? When a Christian is confronted by God's word about his sin, he should admit them rather than deny them. To deny one's personal sin in the face of God's testimony to the contrary it is to make God out to be a liar by contradicting his word a person rejects it and refuses to give it its proper place in his life that's what that's what that's what we do when we choose to say that what we do is not really that bad. And the bigger problem is that we we don't go to Jesus with it. We reject it. No, instead, we ask to we have to understand that Jesus, that God is light, and we can come to Him and have forgiveness and and be cleansed once again. Confess it, trust in Jesus' blood. Don't make God to be a liar. But of verse nine is where we have the great hope. This is what we said: if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So why would we walk in darkness? Why would we minimize our sin? Why would we do those things when we have this great promise? That if we confess our sins, if we, if we put our hope and faith in God, through, who will show himself in Jesus, sorry, to the other one translating. I just got really excited. Okay. Why would we do all those things? When we have this great offer, what joy! Even our faults exalt Jesus when we come to Him for forgiveness. But running away from Him will not exalt Jesus, and we'll show we probably misunderstood who God is. 
So we don't have to minimize or deceive ourselves. We can be truthful about who God is by coming to Jesus saying, I have failed. I ask for your forgiveness. And the Lord be like, I know. My blood covers you. That should make us run to God, confess our sins, and be made clean. But then, why is the problem <laughs> that we feel like hiding instead? Or some of us, or maybe even when we sin against each other, we try to make it up by good works to earn back God's favor. Or to run away from God. Or like children that try to, you know, they spill stuff on the floor or something. They try to, they try to clean up their own mess and it just gets worse. And parents are like, oh, they, should, they should learn it, but this is going to be a bigger mess than it was before. We try to heal ourselves when we're broken. Instead of running to the great physician. When those things happen in ours, and I don't know, it happens to me, I don't know what happens to you. When those things happen, have I misunderstood the gospel? That it was not because I was great. It's because God loved me and sent Jesus. The invitation is to come, even when I fail. John wants to point the readers to God who's light. And God draws us near by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. But do we really understand? Are we really trusting in Jesus? Continually for forgiveness and cleansing of our sins. I just had to, oh, like, because I think that's what John wants for them too. It's like, what freedom this will be for all of us and joy is if we trust every day that Christ's blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And therefore, we can walk in light and sense. We don't have to land and say we have not sinned or do not sin. Because then we make God a liar. And Jesus died for no reason. No, God sent his son to die that his shed blood would cleanse us God so loved the world he sent his son that he might cleanse us from sin and by faith and trust we can receive his grace and mercy and we can walk in light and we can keep coming to God for forgiveness and cleansing
summing it all up. Oh, I missed the last verse. We've talked about it already. Summing it all up, John is wanting to say that God is light. There's nothing like him. It's all good. There's no darkness in him. He will say later that it was not because we made God love us. No, it was because God loved us first that he sent his son. So that our, his blood could cleanse us and we could love him when we understood that we were loved. Because of that, we can have fellowship with God because of Jesus' life for us and resurrection, his work. His blood cleanses us of sin, but if we reject it, we walk in darkness and we don't have fellowship with God. Instead, we are blind. And we lie about who God is. But if we trust in God, that he is the true light, we're invited into koinonia, into true fellowship with God and with one another. And Jesus, God's son, whose blood cleanses us from all sin. We don't have to be arrogant, proud, self-righteous. We can confess our sin instead hiding it, and we can run to Jesus for forgiveness because God is light and he is faithful and there's forgiveness and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Let us all run to the light. creator of heaven and earth and yeah, everything all that is in the light all that breath that you are all good thank you for loving us first Thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for your love and kindness towards us and honor of the Father. You are willing to shed your blood for us. God, thank you. You're so patient and kind that we can come to you and ask for forgiveness. That we are not stuck in sin, that you help us into your truth to set us free. God, will you, by your Holy Spirit, implant these things so deep in who we are that we will live in the light and we will live in this great freedom, we will live in this great joy of who you are and what you've done.
grow out of us. As John described, our joy will be complete as more people hear about our joy. May you bless us to be a blessing. Will you encourage us so we can encourage? Will you glorify yourself so we'll continue to glorify you and bless others? In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up, and we will have the benediction. <clears throat> now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God and Savior through Jesus Christ, a Lord, glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. If you don't want to run away today, there is our Malaysian cooking. I don't know what it is, but it's Brenda's made the food, so don't run away. Uh, if you need to talk to somebody, pray with someone, please grab somebody and be like, um, have a great week.